0: The following audio is from the Grove Church Marysville campus. For more information about our church or to listen to previous sermons, check out our website at grove.church. And now some of you on social media know why I posted a picture to give you a hint about what was happening. Anyways, we're jumping into a new series called Spread the Cheer today, and um, we are in December. It is December 2nd. I don't know about you, but my head is still somewhere in late October, trying to get myself through November into December, but I'm getting there. And um, as we jump in, we're going to be in Luke chapter 1, the gospel of Luke in the New Testament. And so if you got a Bible, you can turn there. If you got a smartphone, you can turn there on your Bible app. Of course, um, there'll be some verses on screen as well. But uh, I saw this meme recently that that I think depicts kind of what goes on as the Christmas season begins. And and it goes like this. Check it out on the screen. There are two kinds of people when Christmas decorations appear in the shops. And of course, you got Ryan the Elf or Buddy the Elf, anyway. Um, And then you got the guy from Lord of the Rings who the battle's about to start. And he's like, and so it begins. And so anyways, um, I don't know what category you're in. But it kind of reminds me of the movie The Grinch, not the new one, which is great, but um, the, the older one with Jim Carrey. And at one point, he's laying in his bed up on Mount Crumpet, and he's accidentally singing tick, tock, tick. Anybody remember that scene? Counting. And all of a sudden he comes to and he realizes he's seeing Christmas music and he's like, Eah! you know, he hates it. And he tries to, you know, drown out the sound with all kinds of options. Um, in another scene, um, he wants to win the award of holiday cheermeister because Cindy Lou Who goes and, and visits him and says here, we want you to, to have this. And he's all excited. So um, Whoville gathers around for the celebration. And, and I think the mayor announces, you know, hey, he introduces him to the two, uh, ladies who raised him, and he looks at them, and he literally goes, ugh, are you two still living? And it's so, it's horrible, you know? And then uh, my, my favorite scene is uh, when someone in the crowd yells, put him in the chair of cheer! Anybody remember that? And they put him in the, chi- in the chair, and they're j- rocking back and forth, and he's like, ugh! and it's like he's going to throw up. And sadly, some of us in this room can relate to those scenes. It's that thing where you look at the season and you go, who are the saps who love this, or what's so great about life, or... You hear songs like, it's the most wonderful time of the year, and your response is, bah, humbug. Um, I was singing that to the cookie makers this morning as they were in the kitchen baking cookies. I walked in singing, it's the most wonderful time of the year, and um, the look on their faces said I should probably leave. Anyway, um, the, the thing I'm bringing up today is, is that you know you look at this season, and what I want to do is, is fight for having the right perspective. And what I mean by that is this. In the Christmas story that we have uh, from Luke, um, it gives us, I think, a window into something that you and I ought to be trained to do. And so in Luke chapter 1 is where we're going to land. And I'm going to read quite a bit. Again, it's on the screen, and I'm reading the the New International Version. But Luke 1, starting in verse 5. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah, who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were upright in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and regulations blamelessly. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well along in years." Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time of the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son and you are to give him the name John. He will be a joy and delight to you. Everybody say joy and, joy and delight. Okay, it says he will be a joy and delight to you and many will rejoice because of his birth for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. Many of the people of Israel will he bring back to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make many ready a people, uh, to make ready, excuse me, uh, a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years." The angel answered, I am Gabriel and I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you to tell you this good news. And now you will uh, be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words. When the time of his service excuse me, uh, verse 21. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. Father, today, our prayer, God, is that your spirit would do a work helping us, God, understand looking at this season, looking at the biblical account that we have, God, and and causing us to really shift how we navigate, Lord, the next few weeks, because I think it is a big deal, and it has to do with training ourselves. In Jesus' name, amen. So here in the beginning of, of Luke, he's taking on this account of, of the story, personal interviews and stuff. And, and I love how in the in the New Living, you read in the NIV, it says this. The Lord has done this for me, in verse 25, she said. In these days, he has shown favor. But But I love how in the New Living Translation, the beginning of verse 25 reads like this. How kind the Lord is, exclamation point, exclamation point, she exclaimed. And, and the, the reason I say it is because it's, it's a point of joy. Here she is and she's not able to have children. And so, you know, there's kind of maybe this cloud over her. She feels that, that weight of wishing that she could. And now all of a sudden through a promise from an angel and Zechariah and all of these events, she's able to have a child and she proclaims, you know, joy. It's, it, it's literally a cheer. Yes, God is good. It's a reminder for you and for me, and you think about, let's let's go back to this story and you look at Elizabeth and it says she's barren. She's not able to have kids. And you think about anybody that you've known that, that you knew they weren't able to have children. They say, hey, pray for us. We're trying, we're gonna do you know IVF or we're gonna go through this and, and hopefully something's gonna work out. We want to have kids. And you feel that weight and you feel that burden and you want for them to have kids and you pray for them to have kids. And then you find out, hey, guess what? They're pregnant, and you can imagine the delight that that couple would feel. In the same way for Elizabeth, here she is, uh, old age is what it says, which probably isn't that old, by the way, but she's able to have kids, and it's a point of celebration as we continue to pray for couples who can't have children and, and see them become pregnant It's meant to be a point of great joy. And I wanna take a moment, I wanna pray because there are individuals that we're praying for even in our own family, asking for God to to perform perform a miracle that that some people can have kids that want to. Father, today we wanna pray together. Lord, for a breakthrough to happen, God, that whatever is going on in, in, in certain couples and whatever kind of dynamics are happening, our, our simple prayer is this, that you would cause them, Lord, to become pregnant and celebrate the ability to have children and, and, and birth and kids and all that stuff, God. We ask for this over every one of those couples in the Grove Church that is experiencing this battle right now. We thank you for your grace. We thank you that you say bring these things to you, and we thank you that you are the provider in Jesus' name. Amen. and. and Going back to Elizabeth, isn't that what you and I do when we experience a breakthrough? You, you think, you know, I've been praying about a job. I got a job. Thank you, Lord. And it's a moment of celebration. You hear news from the doctor like we heard last week from somebody who said, hey, you're praying about this tumor situation. And I went back to the doctor and the tumor's gone celebrating moments like that. Thank you, God, that the tumor all of a sudden is gone and we don't know all the details. All we know is that's the news and they are in celebration mode. I made the team. She said yes. God provided. God delivered. God comforted. God healed. And that's Elizabeth. It's a time of cheer. And as you move into the next section... The story continues in verse 26. This is six months after Elizabeth becomes pregnant. It says, in the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, same angel, Gabriel, same phrase, don't be afraid. says, don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Well, how can this be? Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin. The angel said, Mary, uh, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative is gonna have a child in her old age. She who is said to be barren is in her sixth month for nothing is impossible with God. Everybody say that, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Once again, in, in the New Living, we're reminded it says, For nothing is impossible with God. And and that's a great reminder even as we talk about whether it's couples that are dealing with trying to get pregnant and it's just not happening or it's a circumstance you're facing and maybe it's a job situation. Maybe it's a health situation. I don't know what your situation, but this is a great reminder for all of us for nothing shall be impossible with. God? And why in the world wouldn't we involve God in whatever circumstances you face and I face that become overwhelming, that push us towards the edge, that get us to a place of becoming embittered, becoming angry, becoming disillusioned or disappointed? God, in the midst of all I'm facing, I continue to stand on your truth in Luke 1. Nothing is impossible with you. And we need a reminder like that. And in a season where the nation of Israel had been waiting and waiting and waiting for a Messiah. Something incredible is happening. And this visitation by an angel is clearly a supernatural miracle. But the reminder even from the angel that nothing is impossible with God. And so Mary gets this news And you can imagine how perplexed she might be. She's had a visitation by an angel. We read in the Matthew account that Joseph was also visited. And so there's this whole dynamic happening where where word is getting out that, that something's going on. Well, Mary can't hardly contain herself. So as the text continues, she literally bolts to Elizabeth's house, her cousin. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. Now, Elizabeth hasn't heard anything from Mary. So all of a sudden, she walks in, and it says, verse 41, When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child that you will bear. And then listen to this, But why am I so favored? that the mother of my Lord should come to me. This is what we would call in scripture a word of knowledge, a prophecy about what's supposed to happen, who this child is supposed to be. And Elizabeth, through the Holy Spirit, is given this knowledge. She said, why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped. Now, many of us have experienced that. We've had four kids, my wife and I, and those moments where the belly's sticking out and the baby's moving around, you're like, they're all on the left side, move them over, you know, push, do something, you know, and there's all that discomfort. But then dad comes into the room, or big sister, or big brother, or grandma taps on the belly and says, I can't wait to see you, and the baby leaps. But here's what I love Elizabeth proclaims, exclaims in in sheer joy and delight that this word, but she says, that the baby in my womb leaped for joy. You go, what's the big deal with that? I'm just simply amazed that she knew the baby was happy about it. Like, I don't know. Did you have pizza the night before? I mean, come on. This says that the baby leaped for joy. And then she says this word again, blessed. Blessed is she who has believed that the, what the Lord said to her will be accomplished. You go, big, big deal. Why is that important? What are you bringing this all up for? The reason I bring it up is because this is once again Elizabeth, and it says that she, 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 she was in cheer and in a loud voice, she exclaimed, blessed, blessed, blessed. That's, she says it three different times in, in, in you know, the same context. The reason I say this is because this that we're in, it's December, it's past Thanksgiving, this is a season of blessing. I know that you and I, we can sing about Santa and snow and wreaths and holly and presents, and that's fine. But the reason in the midst of a series that we're calling Spread the Cheer, that I believe this context is so important, is because the work of God in Elizabeth and the work of God in Mary brought about this sense of cheer, something worth celebrating. And I believe it's something that you and I are trained, called to train ourselves to understand in a world that some of you enter this season like the guy on Lord of the Rings going, and so it begins. There's no doubt in this room that there's plenty of pain that's been experienced at this season. There's individuals in this room today that you're walking through a season that feels so dark that there isn't a way out, and there's others that you've been in a season like this at different points in your life where you remember, oh boy, that that Christmas of 93 was a real brutal one. That was when this happened, or the Christmas of 2008, and this happened, and and I lost, and and this experience, and, and it was a dark place for me. And those things are real. I don't want to minimize those things, but... I happen to be a huge believer that you and I are are called to look at the blessings of God in a season like this and anchor ourselves to that even when things aren't good. It's training ground. It's you and I challenging ourselves that this is a season of blessing, that we are blessed. And because We're blessed. It is a season of cheer. It really is the most wonderful time of the year, but it's not meant to be for a window of time. Well, it's about four weeks long between Thanksgiving, Christmas, kind of into the new year, and then it all ends. No, it's a reminder that that something like this exists and what God has done through Christ ought to be so paramount in our lives That no matter what it is that we face, we anchor ourselves to this. That it is a reason to have cheer. That it is a reason to celebrate. Someone who's grinchier, scroogier, or miserly is missing the theme of the season. And like I said, it's not about minimizing what we've been through. I don't mean to play pity party for a second here, but I can remember back to December 18th, 2002, that I'm getting ready for a Christmas party for a couple of hundred students, and we're going to have a great time, and I get the phone call that morning. Hi, is this Nick? Yeah, Baumgart? Yes. Is your sister Allison? Yeah, this is, uh, Was it, Skagit Valley Hospital, okay? Yeah, we have your sister, and this is what happened. Okay, we'll call you back. All right. Five minutes later, hi, is this Nick again? Yeah, um, I want to let you know, and I'll never forget this phrase, your sister has expired. Christmas party day. And yeah, it's weird as an individual that that my parents are divorced, so I have some stepbrothers and sisters, but but I only had one sister. Hey, do you have any siblings? And and it's weird when your response is, well, I, I used to. I don't usually say that. No, I'm an only child. And I could say all day long that, that, yes, it's a dark place to remember my only sister. And today, 16 years removed, remembering her, but it gets more and more faint as time goes on. You get scared of, what did she sound like? The fact that when she passed away, she was 29. And I remember her at 29, but my hope, and I remember thinking about this over the years, is my hope is that she visually in my mind gets older as I get older. But it's not happening yet. She's not. She's still 29. That for every Christmas season, I could look at that and go, it's terrible. And it is. It sucks and it does. But I've got to train myself to choose to celebrate even though things can suck. Because it's a discipline. It doesn't, don't, don't hear me for a second that, that I'm saying we don't grieve. I'm not saying it, things don't hurt. There aren't moments where we aren't brought to tears. Absolutely. We're human. But at the same time, I anchor myself in this season to a story that's about something to celebrate. Because every one of us could find reasons every day, listen, to not celebrate. We could. We could be miserable all year, every day. All I have to say is, hey, watch the news. (laughs) Watch Watch a minute of the news, you know, like watch five seconds of the news. It's all crumbling. And whether it's the global news situation or it's our own personal lives or it's experiences of those around us that are hurting, there's reason every day for us to not celebrate. And I really do believe you guys that as you read the story of Christmas, that it anchors us to something worth celebrating every day so that we always do have something to celebrate. Even, even when circumstances are tough. See, I I believe that celebration disarms negativity. If you tend to lean towards the glass half empty, if you tend to lean towards things not being great, if you tend to lean towards the things that are wrong and not the things that are right, maybe this is something you ought to hear or maybe in the midst of circumstances in your life that today are difficult or have been difficult years ago, and you kind of remember back and go, here it comes again, that you can go back to, but I always have reason to celebrate because I believe that's what we're called to do. And it's a training ground for us. It's a choice to see God's goodness while in the badness. It's a choice. It's not easy. Far easier for me to yell about from here than for you and I to live every day. I saw a social media post from Christine Kane this week that I shared with our life group because we were talking about uh, last week, the thankfulness and, and that, you know, uh, in life groups, um, but we were talking about forgiveness in our group. And so I shared this, and, and, and this is, I think, something you could maybe remember too. You know you've grown when you can make what Jesus did for you bigger than what they did to you. We can all think of that person that that sends us crooked in our hearts, that puts us in a bad place as we dwell on it. But I love that she says, you know you've grown when you can make what Jesus did for you bigger than what they did to you. It's about training ourselves. It's about forcing ourselves to focus even at times when we don't feel like it. You, you We could go through the holiday season, arms crossed, going, oh, I'll show up, but I'm not really going to be there. I'll bring the gifts, but I don't care if you get them or not. Hate that I got to spend this on you, because I don't even care about you. All kinds of things that we think. And yet, what if we trained ourselves to really celebrate? And as we continue in this series, you're going to see why it is such a big deal in the coming weeks. But I love in in the third part of of, of Luke, and I put it in three sections for me as I'm studying this, but I I love it as as it continues. Elizabeth brings this proclamation, this this, this kind of prophetic word that's amazing, and, and Mary's response. Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been merciful. Here's what I love about this whole thing. Mary is basically raising her glass in a toast. God, you are so amazing. In the midst of all she would go through, in the midst of the, the Christmas story, as we continue in it, you know the manger, you know there's no room for them, you know there's animals and she's giving birth and it's like, this is a mess. And here, as she's reminded of God's graciousness, my soul glorifies The Lord, let's raise a glass. And today, though we've never ever done this before, Jordan is gonna come up here and he's just gonna play a song and and I'm gonna have individuals just come out from the sides here and, and what we're gonna do is we're gonna toast. And I don't mean bread or bagels, okay? I mean a toast. You may go, well, what is that? A toast is words of celebration or good wishes or appreciation. Remembrance. It's a person or event or a sentiment in honor of whom another raises a glass in salutation. A person celebrated with the homage of a toast. And unfortunately, this is the moment where I'm like, hey, dilly dilly. You know, like, well, no, 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 that's not, no, 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 it's not that. But anyway, I don't know why, but in my notes, I'm like, I'm going to write that. I'm probably just, okay, so that's where, here's the line, here's me. So, okay. But here's what we're going to do. They're going to come down the aisle and, and hand you the cups and, and, a a bottle of of Martinelli sparkling cider. And and you're just going to start in the the center and just put about an inch in your glass. You can go all the way down. And we did the math that should fill up every glass about an inch. And we're going to give a toast together. And you may go, what is this? But I'm telling you, we all, listen to me, we all have reasons for cheer, but I'm going to force some of you to think about those reasons. And I haven't, I thought about this as we were putting this together that, that, you know, maybe we should like plant people in the audience so that we're prepared and that it all works out just right. And then we can all go, that was really great. And then leave. But you know what? I I really didn't feel like that would be incredibly authentic. Not that it would be a bad thing to do, but I'm going to ask in a few moments, some of you to give a toast that we have reason to cheer, reason to celebrate listen, I know you're passing the cider around and stuff and that's great, but listen, no matter what you face, answer this question. How can you be a person of cheer this season? What would it look like for you to transform your heart from, and so it begins, to I will celebrate? Anybody remember that song, celebrate? Celebrate. Anybody? 80s? Okay. And then I think, like, literally my mind goes to, like, wedding singer, and he's like, celebrate. He's, like, crying through it. That's so maybe made me think, no, I don't mean that kind of celebration. All right, I'll celebrate. I mean, like, I'm going to anchor myself to this that gives me cheer every day. A reason to be trained to celebrate every single day. That, yes, our circumstances can be overwhelming, and life can be hard, and things can be all kinds of sideways, But I believe the story that you and I have of the gospel is a story, listen, that anchors us to celebration. That it's meant to remind us all the time. Because even Jesus talks about that all kinds of things in our lives can be taken away from us, but not the work of God that there's always a reason to celebrate because of that simple truth. And that's, that anchor is the story of the gospel, of what God has done through Christ. That Jesus was born and part of our theology is understanding the miracle of a virgin birth and that Jesus was the perfect living example of how you and I are called to exist every day, but also he was a sacrifice for your sin and my sin. That that's good news every day. No matter how bad you've blown it, no matter you walk in here and go, boy, if you knew what I was doing yesterday, I should not be here right now. You knew where I was Friday night and the Huskies, are, oh man. Anyway, so, but they won. But we have reason to celebrate. Now, the only request I have is, could I get a glass? <laughs> I didn't get a glass. <laughs> Here's what I going to do. I'm going to have everybody stand. And I'm going to start us off. But like I said a moment ago, I'm going to ask some of you, just a few, to raise your hand and and yeah, we have a mic so everybody can cheer together, celebrate. But I want you just to, if you want, grab a mic. And yes, this is out of your comfort zone. But just to go, you know what? Here's a reason I can cheer. Here's how God is at work. Here's a reason I can anchor myself to in the midst of all that's going on that maybe isn't amazing. I want to celebrate this and I'll start. Just like I mentioned about my experience with Christmas and, and the loss of my sister, that's always hard. And sure, you could say year by year it gets a little less dark. You can go back to year one and two and three removed from it, and it's really, really difficult. But I always want to make sure that I anchor myself to the story of truth in Scripture and what God has done through Christ, that even in the deepest grief, even the most challenging experiences that I've experienced, and maybe they don't compare to yours but that I always anchor myself to a reason to cheer. And my reason to cheer really is what God has done through Christ. Cheers. Cheers. Somebody else. Just raise your hand. You want to give a cheer? Yeah. On August 7th, excuse me, on August 8th, 2017, I woke up with joy and love for life after decades of, Debilitating depression and anxiety. I wasn't able to work. I wasn't able to function. I wasn't able to be around people. And now I'm a home care aide and I love people and I'm socializing. And every day is a blessing and an adventure. And God just did it. And I will always thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Amen. That's awesome. I'd like to give a cheer this morning and a celebration to one of our greatest presidents who passed away this week. Hmm. He was a dear, sweet, Christian man, and I would love to cheer his legacy. Hmm. Respect for the president. I'd like to uh, raise a cheer to my mother, who I was at her side when she passed away on Christmas Day. And I actually watched her go into the presence of the Lord. Wow. Cheers. Cheers. Somebody else. After a really long and hard battle, cancer-free diagnosis a couple of weeks ago. Come on, cheers. That's awesome. Amen. Thank you for that, Lord. Somebody else. Okay, a lot on this side. Come on over here. We need some action. No, I'm just I'm teasing him. Somebody else. Come on. Get out of your comfort zone. Give a cheer. So I was um, diagnosed with stage four lymphoma, and my doctor told me to get my affairs in order when my oldest daughter was five and my middle daughter was six months old. In commi- remission, have a little 10-year-old boy after, and it's never coming back. Come on, Amen. Come on cheers. Amen. That's awesome. We're in the back. I'd like to give a cheer out to Pastor Nick. Uh, a while back, you know, my son passed away, and just hearing your story about your sister, and also... Uh, I was diagnosed with cancer last year, and I'm cancer-free this year, so I'd like to give a cheer for that. Amen. Thank you, Lord. It's awesome. Come on, a few others. Get out of that comfort zone. Some of your heart's racing, but you don't want to raise your hand. We've got a hand over here. Yeah. Ryan's getting his exercise. I'm sorry, Buddy the Elf's getting his exercise. <laughs> uh, my husband just received three years in recovery and was placed with his son after five years of not having him. Come on. Cheers to that. It's really good. Really good. My cheer is one to come. I have a daughter I haven't seen for five years, and she's in California. And my cheer is that I have given this over to my Lord for her salvation. Hmm. And her Christmas miracle, when he decides it's time. Hmm. Cheers. Cheers. Um, about two years ago, our or almost two years ago now, our son... Um, started having intestinal bleeding randomly, and it got to the point where he was hospitalized, and we had so many different diagnoses and doctors that could not figure it out, and we finally figured out after, what, a year and a half in and out of Children's that he has ulcerative colitis, but the cheers is that this Christmas, he's in remission and on medication, and he's growing, and he's healthy again, so. Cheers. Uh, and uh, uh, The 5th of September, I was in a car accident, the doctor told me I was extremely lucky to be alive. I pointed up and said I wasn't lucky, I was taken care of, I had four breaks in my sternum and a bleed and if the bleeding had to stop they would have had to do surgery but the bleeding stopped within an hour. And I'm doing better than anybody, even the doctors, expected. Mm-hmm. So it has to be the Lord looking at the this but... whole Amen. So, Cheers yeah. to that. Anyone else? We didn't have a T-bone accident at an intersection on the way here this morning when another car ran a red light. Hmm. Amen. Cheers to that. Father, today, God, I pray even in the midst of of some of these comments, God, we want to thank you. God, we want to express our cheer for the ways that we've been blessed, and yet we still pray, God, for some that just need certain breakthroughs, relational breakthroughs, health breakthroughs, the work of your spirit, God, and in ways that it seems like at this point only you can do because there just hasn't been an answer physically. So we look forward to how you're going to work. And to you, God, as we think about this season, And Lord, it's so easy at some point to have our joy stolen, to, to let things uh, rob us of, of celebrating. And yet, even as we look at all the different ways that we're blessed, at the end of the day, we always are blessed because of your spirit, because of the work of Jesus Christ. And I pray that, Father, we would train ourselves. That that there may be people in this room that it's that they got to go back to work tomorrow in an environment where, yeah, there's maybe Christmas decorations, but boy, the environment is not great. Or there's going to be family gatherings or certain parties or whatever coming up that feel more stressful than cheerful. And I pray that even still, it would be moments like this that quicken us that remind us that through your Holy Spirit alive inside of us that we don't fall prey to negativity and to, to being angry or embittered or whatever and that God for some it's a real fight to choose joy it's a real fight to lay down sometimes maybe our, we feel like our right to be in the doldrums or live angry and I pray that part of our training as followers of Christ is that we learn to anchor ourselves to who you are every day. And it's not easy. We could talk about it. It sounds great when there's a guitar playing in the background and I'm praying it and there's lights on, all that stuff. But God, in the middle of it sometime soon, in the middle of it on family gathering, in the middle of it at the work, in in the middle of it, knowing that there's things that are sideways. God, help us to be people of cheer, even at times when it feels like there's no reason to cheer, because the truth is there is in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Grove Church Marysville Sermon Podcast. If you want to keep up with us, like us on Facebook, Instagram, or visit our website at grove.church.